Begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris and Ben here for Adam Transmissions, episode 130. There is a big story we're going to be talking about today. That is Dave Filoni has been promoted to the creative officer, chief creative officer over at Lucasfilm for the Star Wars projects. We're going to get into that, what it means possibly for the future of Star Wars and more on tonight's episode of Outer Rim Transmission. How's it going, Ben? Good, good. Just had a really good, good, um, you know, good Thanksgiving uh, weekend and everything. I ate some good food. Got back. Um, actually started on my summer diet on Friday. Like that's like what I usually like to do, just to get started. Basically, a couple months earlier, even than like the January New Year's things. So got started on that. Already, already knocked off like four pounds of weight on the scale. Even though you know four pounds of weight in a couple of days isn't actually you know it's just water weight. But hey, it's a good good little momentum starter. And uh, yeah, so just started on the summer diet this weekend. Yeah, for me, it's the the sugar that kills me when it comes to the holidays. Like, I'm usually okay with everything else, but I just tend to OD when it comes on things like pies, cookies, especially are my weakness. Oh, it's pretty bad. Like, I, I felt like I was full still on Saturday after Thursday, the amount of stuff that we had at my aunt's place. Oh yeah, I mean that's how it, that's how it that's how it goes. I mean that's how I was. Like Thursday, it was like all right, time to like enjoy myself because i know i'm starting up on friday <laughs> yeah yeah i know i forgot how could i forget to say everybody happy thanksgiving last week i guess we were so intrigued on the on the life day discussion oh and i have something to say about life day again <laughs> that's my week in star wars <laughs> i watched it again i was crazy oh enough gosh. to watch holiday special because my girlfriend god bless her heart She's like, oh, I heard you guys talking about it on the podcast. I have to see how bad this thing is. So <laughs> she was over for a couple days because of the holiday. And I was like, are you serious about watching this? And meanwhile, I have a coworker that pops in on the channel from time to time. And she said, do not show her that. Do not show her that. <laughs> if, you, if you treasure your girlfriend, you'll never show her that. Because she might just, you know, leave you after that or something. I'm like, she says she wants to watch this. And we watched it. And her, her view was positive. She's like, you know what? The, the performances were really good, but everything else was crappy. But I was like, how could you say anything nice about this thing? It's a monstrosity. But she, she enjoyed the singing. She enjoyed like just the random like rock number they had. It was like really trippy stuff in there. Um, but I almost made it through. I, I made it through like 80% this time because the last time I watched it when you were watching it last week, I got to about uh, the part with Itchy with the VR headset and you guys will know what yep. I'm talking about. And I tapped out after that and I passed out. Um, I was able to awake and, and, and at one point on the second viewing and seeing that um, Carrie Fisher was singing. So that was a huge surprise because I'd never seen that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... She was singing. So like I said, like the good thing, um, the good thing about this game or this, um, this movie was at least at minimum, you know, we got to see the original actors when they were younger. Like that's the only positive real takeaway from that. <laughs> yeah. And Harrison Ford, man, at certain points, he phoned it in like <laughs> those parts in a Millennium Falcon cockpit. And I feel like they got budget Millennium Falcon. Cause I was looking at it background. I was like, it is devoid of a lot of details in that cockpit. It's almost like they just like hastily put together like, ah, this kind of looks like the Millennium Falcon. Ah, we're going to deal with it. But he was talking like so monotone. Like you could tell he was just like, oh, this is part of the contract. I have to do this thing and I don't want to do it. And he's like talking to Chewie like, Chewie, we have to hit the hyperdrive. The Star Strayer coming after us. We got to go get back to Kashyyyk to save life day it was like so lack of emotion from harrison ford i was like whoa oh yeah i mean he just took his paycheck on this one and pretty much just kept it moving <laughs> but yeah so so that that was my weekend star wars was having to go through a holiday special not once but basically twice in a calendar week so yikes I that's, I mean, that's probably a record number of views in a week for that movie um, <laughs> I know. By, by one person. Like, it's rough. It's really rough. Um, for me, though, like, my week wasn't as eventful as rewatching that. 
I have no no intention of rewatching that anytime soon. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I didn't really have too many like crazy Star Wars things going on. I mean, throughout the week, I was just like saying, um, I guess my week in Star Wars is basically our headline of this of this episode of the show. But you know, it was more of a exciting week of Star Wars than than anything because I wasn't. I went into this week going, man, I'm not going to have anything probably to talk about this coming week on, on the podcast. And then, you know, we get the big breaking news and I'm like, oh, there we go. That's pretty much my week in Star Wars, just excitement and having conversations and conversations with so many people about the big the big news we're going to be discussing tonight. So that's that was pretty much my week in Star Wars. Oh, heck yeah. So speaking of our week in Star Wars, what was released this week in Star Wars were three comic books. We had Hyperspace Stories, issue number 11 out of 12. We're getting near the end of that maxi series from Dark Horse. We also had Dark Droids. Oh, no, yeah. Dark Droids D Squad. I'll correct myself. Issue number three out of four. And we had Bounty Hunters issue number 40. Um, both of those titles I mentioned tie into the Dark Droids storyline. And I will plug the Tractor Beam from Star Wars Underworld Podcast Network. My uh, conspirator in crime, Matthew Nugabauer, I gotta commend him. He did a solo episode because he's Canadian, so he didn't celebrate Thanksgiving American, obviously. So I had him take the reins while I took the day off to spend time with family. So he has the latest episode talking about last week's comics because he was actually off last week. So we're playing catch up on a lot of the comics, but we will be resuming him and I next Thursday, 12 p.m. Eastern Back to our normal time slot until some crazy stuff gets in the way or some holiday that I don't foresee because I believe Christmas and New Year's both fall on Sundays this year. So we should be okay going forward. Um, but yeah, that's going on strong. Tra- uh, tractor beam we're having a good time with. Again, that's over on the Star Wars Underworld Podcast Network. So just type in the SWU on YouTube and you should be able to find it there, I believe. Or you might actually have to spell out the Star Wars Underworld. Um, and they're also back. Those guys are back after a hiatus. Uh, the, the flagship goes live every Thursday night. So yeah, there's a lot going on on Thursdays over on the Star Wars Underworld Network. You can tune in for your lunch break and then tune in as you get out of work to learn about the latest in Star Wars. So there's that. Uh, speaking of podcasts and timing, get into the housekeeping for my network here at Star Raptor. As always, we go live every Sunday. If you are watching, thank you. You can join the lovely viewers of a positive Star Wars community here, 7 p.m. Eastern every Sunday. And you can listen to us after the fact by downloading the new episodes that go live during the week. You could just search Outer Rim Transmission on Apple, Google, Spotify, any of those other podcast platforms. Just type in Outer Rim Transmission. You'll find us there. And please give us a review and tell your friends about us. Send things the good old grassroots rays and let your friends, let your family know about the positive vibes we have here in the Star Wars community that could honestly could be a little toxic sometimes. I think I'm saying it lightly as we've been through many times. Star Wars fandom is sometimes a little volatile, but we are in a little bit of the dead spot right now. We're we're kind of in limbo, Ben. I mean, we don't know what's coming out on the horizon. Well, we do know um, kind of. Because, Ben, I'll let you take this one over. I don't know where this came from, but you had sent me a message saying there's confirmation, I think it's from the Empire Upcoming Magazine, Yeah, that we're going to have like five Star Wars series in 2024. Let's talk about that, man. Yeah, so like if you you break it down, so like the upcoming issue at Empire Magazine, um, I guess part of it got posted in, in an excerpt, you know. So basically, it teases that we have... And this is the January issue um, for anybody looking looking forward to the next coming month. Because normally they release the the um, the issues like a month or two months ahead. You know, it's 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 weird how they do that. I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure why they do it that way. But that's how the Empire Magazine always has done things. It's always a month or two out. And anyways, they teased that we're gonna have three live action Star Wars shows, and you know, of course, the other animated things coming along. Obviously, like Bad Batch and Tales. But the but the big note was that they're saying, you know, three live action Star Wars shows in 2024. So that pretty much means, I mean, the only shows we know of right now are Skeleton Crew, Acolyte, Skeleton Crew, and Acolyte are are in the can, and then 
Andor was finishing filming like immediately soon as soon as um you know soon as things wrapped up with the strikes and they're you know early on in the strikes there were still some like scab work and things going on you know with um you know just fillers and like you know like the background characters and things like that um so like that production is probably wrapping soon i would say probably in like you know by the end of november end of december sometime like probably by the end of december andor should be wrapped so you know with that it pretty much means like we're getting potentially up to five star wars shows at least because it'll be like skeleton crew and acolyte wherever they fall and then bad batch you know will be in there and tails but then andor i think andor is going to slip in on the back end of 2024 it'll be like you know probably like around this november december time for the 2024 calendar you know if you if you play it out that way because you know they're not going to go and rush andor to be an early show when it's just wrapping because that just wouldn't make any like logistical sense so it's got to be you know it's I, if i had to guess in order it's probably going to be bad batch and then like you know um it's probably going to be bad batch and then either skeleton crew or acolyte and then maybe tails thrown in there after those two and then and or to like round out the year or something yeah it's it's really gonna be quite a busy year i think we were talking about this back in what was it 2022 i think we expected was that the year that we thought we would have like 50 weeks of star wars content or something like that i believe it was because that was the year we had like tales of the jedi and bad batch and we had andor that year and we had, um, uh, was it Book of Boba Fett maybe in the beginning of that year? No, maybe I'm thinking of a different year. But um, anyway, yeah, I forget I what year remember. that was. But we were anticipating there was going to be so much content. They ended up like spacing things out a little bit differently, so it wasn't quite that much. But, I mean, yeah, this, this could still be a really big win for Star Wars fans. My only thing that I don't like about this is oh my gosh if there's so much coming out this year I feel like there's going to be like a year where there's nothing because when you look well, at the future it's like if they put everything out in 2024 what's left for 2025 because they're not really shooting much right now well Mando so. Mando's going to get started soon in the coming months I mean that's just that's not even speculating that's like Brendan Wayne I think I talked to you about this off air but Brendan Wayne you know for our Star Wars fans they know the name but for people who may not know you know he's the He's pretty much the main body of the Mandalorian because Pedro Pascal is just like the voice of Mando. And Brendan Wayne posted on his Instagram, like, you know, because he like coaches like his niece's like soccer team or whatever. He was like, Coach Mando's about to go into um, production here soon. Um, And he put like hashtag the Mandalorian or whatever on it. So like, that's going to be starting back up soon. Like, you know, who knows what going into production means? That could mean two weeks from now or could mean two months from now. But Presumably, Mando's going to be starting in the next few months. So that show probably will be done filming maybe by end of the summer or so, late summer of 2024. And then, you know, the only thing on the horizon really for 2025 right now is is The Mandalorian at the moment. Like, other than that, like, there's nothing, you know, animated shows like Bad Batch, this is our final season. Um, we mm-hmm. don't know what the future is of Tales. So it just... It's looking like potentially if we, you know, at this current moment, it's probably going to only be Mando in 2025 at the moment until they announce something, of course. But yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and an interesting thing is, what if, what if, stay with me here for a second, Ben. What if, we know this is the last season of Bad Batch, season three. What if they're already at work on the next animated series? What if they've already been out at work on the next animated series? Now I could see a 2025 release, right? We know how far in advance they work on these animated projects. You can't you can't see a Lucasfilm that is current without any work on an animated series. There's always been something being made. Even when the movies aren't being made, they've had Clone Wars. So then they had Rebels, Resistance, Bad Batch. I think that could very well maybe be something we might see in 2025 with you know a reveal at Star Wars Celebration in Japan and then later that year they'll give us the next thing yep oh yeah i could see heading in that direction for sure yeah so you know it's good to hear this now hopefully in december 
you know, before we go on the holiday break here or Christmas at all, hopefully Lucasfilm just starts to peel back the curtain a little bit. Just tell us, okay. Um, usually they don't tell us. Usually they'll give us some magazine article, which might have a couple like snapshots of something new and be like, by the way, this thing is coming out then. Or they might just straight up release a teaser trailer for Skeleton Crew. We, they already have trailer for it. And they just haven't released yep. it. I've seen it like six months ago at Star Wars Celebration. It's not like they don't have anything. So if that is indeed next in yeah. the pipe, then then here well, we go. Let's let's get that going before people kind of forget about it. Yeah, but, I mean here here's something to think about. Like like realistically, like based on what some of the comments the actors made about the show. Like if you think about it, we should you know, I don't like to say this because it's like you know, it kind of makes you roll your eyes at Star Wars on stuff, but it's understandable because the strike situation. But, but based on what the actors from the show said, like we should basically have been starting the first episode of Skeleton Crew like next week, potentially, or the week oh. after. Like it should have been, it should have been around this time. Like because one of the actors on the show, you know, said the show was coming out like around Thanksgiving or sometime in early December. Like he said that back in like you know way yeah. you know earlier in the year like in february or whatever but uh -huh. but it's just like you know things get moved around and stuff so so now yeah. uh you know now maybe maybe skeleton crew is gonna take that kind of like early spring show potentially like maybe bad batch starts up earlier like late late january early february and then like skeleton crew maybe is like april or something yeah when you think about it there's always been a big disney plus temple series out around thanksgiving i don't remember what last year was but i know the year before that was hawkeye the year before that was probably mandalorian like there's always been something around this time of year um they're gonna be dropping the what if series i think in like two weeks or three weeks or something like that but that's not really tentpole i don't i don't you know yeah. categorize that as main mainstream but uh yeah and this is all evident obviously because of strikes so yeah but getting into our topic prior, because we really don't have a lot of news. As I said to you, Ben, earlier, I was like, I don't want to spend any time about a certain actor talking about a project they're working on being good. I mean, anybody could say that. that you know, I'll spend five seconds saying Dizzy Ridley was in an interview and yeah. said, basically, paraphrasing, this, ser this movie's doing things I did not expect. Yeah, the so. only, yeah that's the only <laughs> interesting takeaway is the... Um, you know, the fact she, you know, saw like unexpected things or, you know, however she worded it, she used the word unexpected, um, when she was reading the script. So, you know, it just makes you wonder what that could be. So it's just like, I, I, um, I have my own thoughts and ideas on what that could potentially be based on what we heard about, like the early Lindelof stuff. So, um, you know, from Jeff Snyder anyways. So it makes me wonder what scripts they're... You know, what script she's even potentially talking about? Mm. So, um, because, you know, like the early Lindelof stuff we heard from Snyder back in January, February this year, you know, it was like a potential like elderly Ray. Like that's what, you know, Snyder was hearing. And, and you know, it makes me wonder if they like reworked that concept or something. So like that's the only thing that makes me wonder what she meant by the word unexpected. So other than that, you know, it's kind of just like your tip standard you know, your standard actor talking about generic stuff about the movie, you know, not giving any information out basically because, you know, as of right now, they're not even done writing the movie. So, like, she doesn't, like, she honestly doesn't have a lot of info really to give. Yeah, uh, it's interesting about the aging stuff. It's like, we're always talking about de-aging, but they want to make her, mm -hmm. like, 50 years older, 60 years older? Okay. Well, well yeah, well, 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 what Snyder was saying back in his like original stuff and he you know he's a pretty good reporter in terms of like these oh, things. oh yeah especially from the studio he's side he's got a great track he was saying, yeah he was saying no it wasn't going to be like you know her being like 50 it was going to be like her being like in her 80s or something what like you know it, like elderly elderly right oh. yeah no like like way like like is you it, know, this was gonna yeah isn't this that was like gonna legacy take place. level of a time jump like that's like yeah so that, big that's what a jump that's that's what the original stuff was from snyder so it makes me wonder if they are still going to somehow maybe incorporate some of that concept potentially into it. Because, like, this is my, you know, not to, like, derail this into a big speculatory podcast. 
But my thing is, is if they were so far along in the process with Lindelof writing a script, you know, would they really like go through all that and then throw the script away and and then start from ground zero again with um, Sharnid Shabade Anoy and Stephen Knight? Or would they pick up the script and continue? Because my thing is, is like, who knows, maybe they include the aging thing, but it's just like a time jump at the end of the movie, you know, or something like that. Because cause it just, like, what would be unexpected for Daisy Ridley? Like, you know, we could be getting way into the weeds and muddy water with this, like, I- ideas here, but, like, what would be, like, surprising for her? Is it is it something with Ray? Is it something with, like, I don't even know. Like, I, I and this isn't coming from any speculation or any scoopers or anything, but, like, you know, are they going to somehow shoehorn Ben coming back, like, you know? Like, maybe something like that. I, I don't know. Like, it just makes you wonder what they're going to end up doing with with that, with her saying unexpected. Mm. That's, yeah. that's kind of all we that's kind of all we really know about this movie so far is, like, just that little bit from Snyder earlier in this year and um, from the original Lindelof stuff. And then, you know, it switched hands to Stephen Knight and Charmaine. And then that's it. We don't know anything else. So there you go. Stay tuned for that one. We're going to be looking with the great interest. So the big thing we're talking about tonight, Dave Filoni has gotten a promotion alongside of Carrie Beck. I feel like that's not been mentioned enough. Carrie Beck has been a producer that's worked alongside of um, Kathleen Kennedy. So her and um, her and Dave Filoni have both been promoted. Um, so we have Dave Filoni that is going to be working alongside Carrie Beck. There are going to be the ones that are sort of seeing these different projects being made at a much earlier rate. Uh, what I mean by that is paraphrasing everything that was explained in the article. Dave Floney in years past would kind of talk, would give like help and stuff to projects that were already like being filmed or already had been written. And he would just kind of give like little pointers, like a little tidbits of help and, and stuff. And, but in this point, being promoted to a chief creative officer at Lucasfilm, he's now going to be able to have his hands in the development of any of like the brand new from the ground built up shows. So he's going to have more involvement with these things from the onset rather than maybe already in the middle of development. Um, this is something that I think I know you, Ben, you've been really hoping for. A lot of people have been hoping for because you know, frankly, a lot of people have not been happy with Kathleen Kennedy. And, yep. you know, especially with the sequel trilogy films, it was always, you know, it's always being said, oh, there was, ne- there was never a plan. There's ne- What's going on? There's no co- cohesive nature at Lucasfilm. Yep. And this seems like there might be perhaps a chance. I would, you did a great job of um, creating this, compa- comparing this to what's happening at DC where you have Peter Safran, who is kind of the money guy. And I look at that as kind of what's happening with Kathleen Kennedy. They're the money people. They're dealing with the production budgets and all this sort of thing. And we know that Kathleen Kennedy has been great at doing that. Um, And then maybe what we're seeing is Dave Filoni could perhaps be the sort of James Gunn of the new DC Universe, who is more creative, as well as kind of the Kevin Feige of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like those those people are kind of the ones that are just keeping all the things moving at the right pace. They all have a cohesiveness to them yep. where they might be different projects. You have your Andors, you have your Ahsokas, you have your skeleton crews, like and whatever animated things, right? So I'll throw it over to you, Ben. What What's your initial take, your reaction to hearing this news? This comes to us, by the way, from Variety. So this is as official as it gets, even Dave Filoni... I mean- had talked yeah, about Dave got this and com- he commented on this. So this is actually real. <laughs> yeah. So, so, okay. So here, here's, here's, um, so from the jump, I was just stunned when I saw the news because, you know, like I said earlier to start the show, I wasn't expecting any star Wars news at all this week. And then we get arguably like mm-hmm. the biggest star Wars news story we've had in, you know, God knows how long, but I do want to put out there for our, um, our listeners and, um, equal eyed viewers and everything. Like when it comes to like this thing, like we mentioned, it's it's kind of like the DC thing with Peter Safran and James Gunn. But the thing is that fans um, need to keep an eye on with this is like I've seen I've seen chatter online, of course, as you can imagine. Um, people are like, "Oh, Dave Filoni's taking over Lucasfilm and blah 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 and all this stuff." Well, 
Kathy's still like involved, obviously. Like like the people in the room now, you know, it's Kathy, Dave, and Carrie Beck. But the thing is that's interesting with it is like Carrie Beck's position is a um is a developmental position. So like Dave's is like the creative side where so basically like so Dave and Carrie Beck are basically like James Gunn split in half for all intents and purposes. Like, you know, Dave is handling like the, say, the creative, like you said, Chris, like the cohesiveness, like the little details for, say, Andor behind the scenes or Ahsoka or whatever. And then like Carrie Beck, since like she's actually like the development person, yep. she's she's the green light person, basically. Like that's what she's doing. Because like since she's, overseeing development you know development in terms of like studio talk it's like she's the green lighting person here like that's not i mean dave specifically says like he's not saying no to project you know he literally said he's not um deciding whether oh. projects are going or not so so the thing is that's what was kind of like overlooked in this whole discussion with fans online you know people are just assuming dave's like taking over but dave is kind of like i would say almost a like i said james gunn or kevin feige like he's the creative side of those people but carrie beck is actually the one who has the quote-unquote like power to like green light or red light project so you know but but the thing is with people like before anybody like you know because i'm sure people will like jump the gun on that whole thing too the thing is with it like we got to remember like carrie beck's been working with dave for a long time so mm. she so you know her and dave are close so i'm sure like she probably has like similar similar views on Star Wars as he does, I would assume, you know, since they are working on so many projects together. Um, so it's cool just seeing kind of like both of them, like a collaborative effort. And and I, I mean, quite frankly, I would rather have d two people in the room, Dave and Carrie Beck, versus just one being Dave or one being Carrie Beck, because like, you know, to be quite frank, like James Gunn, it makes me nervous with DC because it's <laughs> like, man, if his vision. Like for all our viewers out there, I I'm I'm the biggest <laughs> Superman fan of the world, and I am terrified about the Superman movie just oh. because of everything surrounding that whole situation. Mm. But the thing is, when you have one person in the room, it's kind of like power unchecked, basically. So it's nice that you have like two people in the room for Star, well, three people including Kathy, but two people to bounce ideas off of with Dave and Carrie Beck versus just one person. So yeah. I I really like this arrangement they've set up, and. Uh, yeah, you know, we can, like, dive into it because there's, like, plenty to talk about with this, like, for future implications and everything else. Yeah, I, I do want to actually quote this article exactly so everybody's on the same page that we're talking about with these details. So, as it says on Variety, Kathleen Kennedy will serve as a president of Lucasfilm and Carrie Beck as head of development. Filoni weighs in on a narrative level while Kennedy oversees Lucasfilm and Beck brings other filmmakers into the fold. So, yeah, exactly as we were saying it's all about that. And he's basically saying, this is a quote from Filoni, I'm not telling people what to do, he added, but I do feel I'm trying to help them tell the best story that they want to tell. I need to, I, I need to be a help across the galaxy here, like a part of the Jedi Council almost. <laughs> uh, so that's a great, that's a great kind of look into what's happening. I mean, just peeling apart this a little bit more, as you said, Ben, it's it's great to see how far Filoni has come, right? We see the Clone Wars was over ten years from ago. Avatar, from Avatar to here. Oh yeah, and yeah. I couldn't think of a better person to really lead Lucasfilm because it's in the spirit and the honor of George Lucas. Like, there's nobody out there, to my knowledge, that George Lucas has spent more time shepherding into the mystic sides of the Force and and whatnot as they worked hand in hand. With the Clone Wars, this guy is the heir apparent of of uh, George Lucas. So it makes great sense that he has dealt with the... I feel like he's had a great track record. Sure, he's not perfect. There's things that we can all agree or disagree on that eh, maybe it wasn't that great or, or maybe there's too much nostalgia here at moments. Does it really need to be that way? But I think when it all comes down to it, this guy cares about Star Wars just like you, me, and anybody that's watching this. He's a diehard fan. He cosplayed as Plo Koon before he even got the job. I mean, this guy is one of us. So he is going to treat this franchise with respect. And he's not just some, you know, greedy executive that is just coming in to 
change things around. The fact that Kathleen Kennedy um, had to have been her decision and Iger's decision and whoever else at the Disney brass seen what he's done with the Mandalorian verse, what he's done with Ahsoka. I'm guessing a lot of this had to do with Ahsoka because that's the most recent thing. They looked at that and said, hey, we can get this guy. And just think about how we just wanted Filoni to just do something live action. <laughs> and you yeah. see how far he has come. Going from Clone Wars, going from directing his first episode in The Mandalorian, the very first episode, I believe, season one, episode one. It was like, whoa, this guy's branching out. Then he, he, he basically gets announced to be directing a movie. Then he basically directs, or not directs the whole thing, but writes an entire live-action series. And here we are today where he is one of the leaders of Lucasfilm. And we know he was had his hand in the pot for a lot of things. Like he traveled to Pinewood in London to oversee some stuff with The Last Jedi when that was being filmed. And he's been very heavily handed in a lot of these things. But... For me, it just makes sense, and I'm happy that I'm happy to see that they are acknowledging them because a lot of us felt like this was the most natural way forward. And I think this will appease a lot of the fans. I really do. I think as oh, you yeah. look at the the implications of what this means, is we can't have these trolls on the internet going after Kathleen Kennedy as much as they are anymore. Because guess what? You, you might as well point your fingers at Filoni and Carrie Beck well, then as well, because well, it's not her, it's a committee of people that are steering yeah. the ship. Well, I will throw it out there, though. It's not all trolls, because she <laughs> did earn a lot of the criticism she deserved. But, um, but yeah, like, now now I do think, you know, this is a good, um, a good also PR move for Lucasfilm, especially after a week ago before this. You know, you had Taiga Watiti going out and riling up all the fans and everything. And, and like, they pretty much squashed that immediately by putting this news out there. Because they could have kept this news completely quiet, you know. Because, um, for example, like, when Dave got his um, promotion, like, three years ago to um, whatever position he was in prior to this. Um, like, his, like, senior creative executive, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, the, whatever the prior role was for this position... That got that got like pretty much leaked like eight or nine months after the fact that he already had gotten that. Like this is actually, it's nice that they put this out there officially. Yeah, you know, and, and like they let him make a statement on it, and everything. So now, you know, it gives a lot of goodwill for fans. Obviously, with this promotion though, like like John Campia said, hey guys, remember all the upcoming shows and things coming out next year, or that have been filmed. Like, yep. they're not on Dave Filoni's resume because he mm. wasn't involved in them. You know, like, Skeleton Crew. You know, if you have, say, worst-case scenario, Skeleton Crew, Acolyte, and or Bad Batch, like, or, like, say the say the three live-action shows. Say they all bomb, like, you know, Dave wasn't involved in those, basically. <laughs> like, so, um, you know, people do have to remember that. Like, Dave, we're still, like, a couple years away from him actually being, you know, like, actually part of this role. But the interesting implication with this thing is I wonder if he's going to be touching the um, the the Daisy Ridley movie now, now that he has this, because, you know, they're not done mm. even writing that script. So it makes you wonder if they're going to, if he's going to help just a little bit here and there with that, or maybe the James Mangold Jedi stuff. Like, you know, there's plenty of things Dave can, like, interact with now. And, like, you know, he's pretty much like a high-level consultant, you know? Yeah. So it just, yeah. uh, so it just it's going to be interesting to see where like he goes with this um and uh yeah i just think it's a really good really good move by lucasfilm like they've made a lot of questionable mistakes in the past on certain moves but this is one move that like was was you know well deserved i think by most people's accounts and i remember um a good point like last week when all this news broke hmm. like when john campia talked about it on his show like he mentioned, the the important, the really good thing we've seen about Dave Filoni is he's constantly learning and improving, yeah. learning and improving. Because, like, you know, his Clone Wars movie, not great. And then when you get into the Clone Wars show, it improves and improves. Like, season by season by season, season one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like, it improves by every season. And then even his live action, his live action debut in Mando, is it, it was definitely, like, Mando season one, episode one, it was a great way to start the Mandoverse, but... When you watch that, it's not the best directed. 
But then when you get to his next episode later in the season, mm-hmm. it's a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to his stuff in Mando season two, it's better. And then Ahsoka, it's better directing, better just, you know, overall, like, like story drive, et cetera. Like, so I think, you know, that was a good point. Like even Campy made like where it's like, mm. he's constantly learning and improving. And that's a really important thing for someone versus just like, say, sticking in their ways and continuing to like, you know, just, just not improve and it's great that dave continues to do that oh yeah oh yeah it's it's great because he's a very humbled guy um he is there to basically he you know he's almost like a jedi himself right he's constantly learning the ways of the force he's learning how to navigate and he's he's going beyond his limits to discover and i feel like people like that are the best with positions like this because they're able to kind of see a different perspective of things and again i keep going back to his passion his understanding of what you know he wants as a fan himself which you know would go for a lot of us as well i think it's a lot of it is to do with him orchestrating being an architect for the first star wars connected universe on screen right him working hand in hand with John Favreau able to create something that is so popular, so profound in the fandom and mainstream everywhere. Take that knowledge and apply it to the brand, bring the reputation, the power of the brand itself, not just on screens on the, on the TV, but hopefully to the movies. I, like you said, you know, you got to look to this five, three, four, five years from now is when we're going to really be like, Oh, this yep. is the golden era. Ho- hopefully, we'll be like, oh, this is the golden era of Star Wars right now. Everything is just high quality. It's being made. It's it's appeasing to the hardcore fans, but it's also a lot for the the mainstream as well. There's there's a happy balance or a happy medium. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, that's that's the good thing. Like with with Dave, you know, I've said it consistently about him through these shows, for example. You can watch pretty much all, especially like say his live action stuff. Um, my big concern going into Dave, one of Dave's live action episodes was the Ahsoka episode in season two. Amanda was like, "Okay, is this going to be all a bunch of inside baseball stuff where it's like, you know, your mom can't watch it because she hasn't watched seven seasons of Clone Wars or something?" So, you know, and then you get into that episode in Mando. And you can watch it just as an isolated episode and get that, oh, she's a former Jedi Knight. Oh, you know, she, even if you are a casual Star Wars fan, you can probably pick up on that she knew Anakin or something because, like, she, like, or, you know, she she knew something went on in the past, obviously. Like, just the way she talks about Grogu and everything. So, like, you know, you have a lot of stuff. Like, he, he makes his episodes in a way where pretty much anybody can watch them, but hardcore fans still appreciate the details that are like getting put out there. So I think that's a really good sign, especially when it comes to like this role, because that means maybe, maybe in like these shows, like we'll get more and more little details. Like, um, like say, say like, okay, I mean, Andor season two is pretty much about done. So like, obviously he's not going to be involved with that, but let's say there was an Andor season three, like instead of, for example, like, say if Tony Gilroy throws in, like, a just random new planet. Instead of that, like, Dave would be like, no, 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 just, why not just reference, you know, um, Dantooine or something? You know, why not reference another planet? Like, something like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's where that's where Dave can contribute to some of these shows, you know, that you're not even expecting. Like, maybe it'll make things just more cohesive a little bit better. Like, oh, you know, hey, you're having this take place, you know, in this part of the galaxy. Well, right next door is, like, you know, Yavin 4. So instead of referencing a, a new planet that's next to this planet, just reference Yavin 4. You know, like, stuff like that. So, like, yeah. there, there, there's a lot of little details like that I feel like Dave can just drop in to certain creators um, on these shows. Um, so it's going to be interesting for that. And then even, like, they like the future going forward. Like, you know, now if we say if we get a second season of Acolyte, like mm-hmm. he'll be able to maybe give more Jedi lore to yep. the people working on Acolyte. Like, you know, so there's so much potential um, for the future. 
But like you said, this is basically, for anybody listening, this is basically for 2025 forward. This isn't anything to do with 2024. Yeah, so when it comes to... I think the amount we could speculate from here to the cows come yeah. home kind of thing on like what we think his involvement's going to be. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's, here's the thing. I, they already have a story group. I feel like Ben, that Pablo Hidalgo, Matt Martin, Emily Scucani, all those people out there on the story group are, are the ones that are giving on the planet ideas saying, Oh, you guys, oh, yeah. you guys got to use this or not gotta, but you should just put this in your script. Yeah. I feel like what happens with the story group is like, you know, a writer will go in and write something and they'll just say, um, maybe they'll, in their the script, they'll just basically. say like, the draft will say like planet, insert planet name here or insert location yep. here. And then story group will be like, oh, we think this would be a good fit in this sector of the galaxy. This planet That's exists. Um, I think Filoni is going to be the fixer for a lot of the issues that we might have had in recent times of... Mm. Um, the mythology of the force like the touchstones like the touch points of star wars he is going to work from the macro level i believe of like imagine george lucas imagine the input that george lucas would have on something if he was still giving credit to disney if you're still working with disney i think that's kind of the oversight so for instance like he's going to really be able to dig in to the forced to the force of Joseph Campbell, the mythology, going into the philosophy of things, maybe political, stuff like that, where it's like, you know, we often think about, like, I know you're talking a lot about Andor over the years, about doesn't yeah. feel Star Wars enough. And I think Filoni yeah. will be there as, like, that Czech person to be like, okay, I'm just not feeling this. You guys have to insert, maybe play around with, with this concept maybe play around with these characters a little bit because this will make it feel more like star wars yep i think that that's a good point i heard um one of my other friends another show talk about that that was a good example so like their exact example was andor and you know for example say if filoni was in the room obviously andor will play out how it how it would for the most part but filoni if he's in the room there seeing this stuff get wrote out with gilroy and everybody maybe filoni's like yo (laughs) <laughs> no, I get this for like a lot of the like really serious hardcore viewers, whatever. But you know, some you know another big portion of the Star Wars fans probably would be turned off by this. So why not just sprinkle in a little bit more of this stuff just to make it appeal? Then it appeals to everybody, you know. So like that's a really good um good example there. Just because it's like I think, like you said, he's kind of like the check person. I feel like for. I mean, that's probably what a lot of it will be, too, is, like, the check person for, like, hey, does this kind of, like, fit the the Star Wars vibe? Does it have the cohesiveness to it? Um, I mean, heck, even, even one of the most, like, uh, divisive examples, The Last Jedi, for example. <laughs> like, let's say, okay, let's say Luke still dies, everything, blah, blah, blah. But instead of, say, sequences playing out, like, the way they did being so divisive, maybe, like, if Dave had this role at the time... Maybe he'd be like, okay, Ryan, like, love your love your idea, whatever, but, like, let's workshop something that's maybe not at, like, Luke could still die, etc., but let's workshop something maybe where it's not as potentially divisive, or, you know, you know, or not as, not even divisive, because, you know, they probably aren't using those words behind the scenes with their coworkers, but, you know, not as a potential for, like, a controversy or something, like, you know, something like that, like, maybe Dave, like, puts a better spin on, like, you know, gives Ryan an idea and then like Ryan like spins it a little bit more friendly than what it what it turned out to be. So like, you know, I think with Dave, he's gonna he's gonna definitely be involved quite a bit because like for all intents and purposes, like he's pretty much like it you know, the top three at Luke's film, it's like Kathy and Carrie Beck and him. Like those are the top three people right now. So like he's in the top three of like the the highest people at Lucasfilm, so it's just yeah. like it, it makes you wonder what they're going to be doing. And here's another important, big, okay. big, big, big thing that I I was thinking about. I'm, I I had to mention on this podcast since I always complain about Star Wars PR. But now that Dave has this role, they can easily just throw him out whenever they need to. Hey, talk to this outlet, talk to Hollywood Reporter, talk to Variety, talk to this, talk to that about whatever upcoming projects there are. Because then Dave can talk about any upcoming like projects, say in 2025 further, like he can be 
that spokesperson potentially for Lucasfilm because oh. you know we've we because think about it this way every time we've seen Kathleen Kennedy and this is not even like me being like some toxic trolling fan <laughs> but like every time we've seen Kathleen Kennedy go out she's always fumbling over something in the media whether she's like throwing Alden Ironic on their under the bus just because he, he doesn't look like Harrison Ford like I, that's literally like just throwing your player right under the bus um like you know that situation or like even her like whole famous quote of like we don't have any like lore to base our stories off of etc like you know those type of things instead of her going out and fumbling around in the media now they have dave filoni or even carrie beck to go out and talk to the media now um because i i i would be willing to bet anything i bet you you know we'll obviously still see kathy talk here and there but i bet we're gonna see a lot more of dave in the media like getting interviewed in the coming years talking talking shop about star wars oh yeah yeah i mean you look at all the history of behind the scenes with dave filoni he has no problem being in front of the camera like he goes to conventions all the time he's talking on the mic like very comfortable yep. uh he's not like oh there I, I won't pigeon i won't blanket statement in this but you know there, there's probably a lot of executives out, out there that, that don't want to be bothered by that sort of thing but Dave Filoni, he was on all the episodes of Rebels Recon getting interviewed by Andy Gutierrez about, you know, uh, what Chopper was doing in episode five of season three, right? Like, he is involved, and I could I could really see, that's a great point you brought up, Ben, is this could be a turning point in more, the, more ways than one for Lucasfilm. This could be a new dawn, a new, as I said before, maybe a, a golden age, perhaps, of just how cohesiveness works works because you look at what Paul uh, I don't know Paul Feige is somebody completely different I'm putting two people together in my head Kevin, Kevin Feige, Feige. <laughs> with his control of the Marvel Cinematic Universe became the most successful thing in film history like it made billions it was more popular than Star Wars to put it lightly uh, which yep. is the biggest thing like we Star Wars was on top since 1977. Nothing could dethrone it until the you know the 2010s is when it started to go the other way. So Disney obviously looking for a figurehead of sorts for the creative. So you know, and I and I'm assuming I don't know enough about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe somebody in the comments can correct me. Maybe Kevin Feige is more like Kathleen Kennedy, and she. I don't know. I feel well, like he does have creative input, right? He's not it, okay, just the so, money guy. He is not just a budget guy. He is actually okay. maybe sh workshopping ideas for movies. Is that what he does? So okay, so Kevin Feige's role at the Mar and um at Marvel Studios, it's it it was Feige. It was there was another um, can't remember the names, but they're both they're they were big big producers too. But it was Feige. There was another man, and then there was a woman who just recently left. Um, her name was like Victoria Alonzo. I think that was oh, yeah. her name. She left. She left recently. Um. But for, for the main gist of Marvel, it was those three. Like, you know, of course, Kevin Feige. So Kevin Feige, like, really, like, was the, was, okay, so he was, like I said, it. Dave's position is kind of like him, Kevin Feige, like, part of Kevin Feige. But Kevin Feige was actually, like, directing the ship on, like, hey, our projects are going here, here, here. Like, okay, so for Iron, um, whatever, for Captain America, this movie, Captain America, that movie, like, all the things are going here, 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 and there for the movies. Like, you know, that's how they did it. Like, so it was basically Kevin Feige was, like, really, like, directing exactly where things are going. Like, he was, he was deciding the stories almost. And, like, Filoni's more... You know they're bringing the stories to him, and he's like consulting or helping change bits and pieces of you know the story, basically. So like Kevin Feige, I would say, had more control per se, um, just because he like was really directing, like puppeteering a lot of the MCU. Yeah. Um, and and Filoni's more of like the consultant, like yeah, more of a I would say more of like kind of like a powerful consultant, like you mm -hmm. know where his input matters because it's like hey. If I'm um, if I'm James Mangold, and I go in there, even though I'm James Mangold, if I go in there and ask stuff about the Jedi, and you know Dave Filoni, the person who's like third in command, arguably at Lucasfilm, 
tells me this, this, then that, like, am I going to just turn it down and say, nah, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing instead. Like, you know, so I think the thing is with the position, like it'll help, um, it'll help just give more input on these projects. But yeah. like, that's kind of like the difference between Feige and Filoni's positions. It's more, um, like I said, Filoni and Beck are kind of Kevin Feige combined because Beck is more of like the power side of things in terms of denying projects or accepting projects. Like, so, um, mm-hmm. you know, and she's like head over development, you know, so she's like actually in like the development side of things like, hey, this is what we're planning out for the next like seven years, potentially. And here and, and speaking of the long term plan, I think, in, you know, the whole episode, guys, is speculation for the most part. But I think yeah. what Lucasfilm is doing now is this might be the phase two of Disney Plus and Star Wars as we know it. Or the phase two of the Disney era of Star Wars. Because you're bringing a Filoni now. He's not going to have a lot of input on what's happening now. Um, and I think what's happening now is season four of Mandalorian. Maybe season two of Ahsoka and whatever that movie is for um, the thing that ends it. So I think what they're looking at now is what's going to happen beyond that. Maybe maybe Filoni's coming in now to start with start like fresh. They're, they're, they're going to develop... You know, maybe they have a season three of Acolyte that's going to happen in 2026 or something. But when the Mandalorian verse is over, what are they going to do next? What can they possibly do next? Is it going to be another big crossover series? Are they going to do the Andor approach and just do like sprinkling in series that are just randomly around different eras? I think that's that's really what Lucasfilm wants to you know, hit home with right now and the movies as well, right? We're talking about on screen, animated, live action series, movies. Those three big pillars are what's happening next. And yeah, that is interesting. That's a whole nother conversation for another day is like, will they continue with a crossover? He's really good at, you know, sectioning out this show leads into this show with these characters, with these characters here. But what does the what where does the direction of Lucasfilm go from here? Do they look at at Mandalorian and say this was such a big success we have to emulate this, or maybe we st- take a step back, we start experimenting with other formats, other ways, and then maybe ten years from now we start another crossover as people want that more because I think people have been recently looking at Mandalorian verse and. Uh, you know, just universes in general is being a little bit too much these Even days. Marvel. People, yeah, exactly. Eventually, it loses its steam a little bit um, when the big event ends. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Is he's he's really going to be brought in? They're they're changing up the hierarchy now because they are preparing for phase two of Disney Plus or phase two of their storytelling going forward with this shakeup here. Oh yeah, they. I mean, they are for sure, and like. This is the good thing, too, we got to think about. Like, out of all our critiques and criticisms, and I have, I could do a three-hour solo podcast on Kathleen Kennedy and, <laughs> and why, you know, why she's done a lot of bad things for Star Wars. And she's done a lot of good things. But I do got to give her credit where it's due. Like, she promoted Dave Filoni to this role. This role, um, from what I've heard from certain people, like, this was a created role. This wasn't a role someone had prior. Like, there wasn't a another person we've never heard of in this role. Like this was a totally new role for Filoni. So she, you know, her creating and promoting Dave to this role is awesome because it's like, maybe like, you know, she's reading the room too. Like, Hey, people like this guy, let's promote him. Let's let him be involved. And like, let's get star Wars more, you know, on track where it's not everything infighting between our fans. Like we want our fans to be liking, like you know liking liking the stuff we're putting out versus like debating about it all the time so it's good that she did that also like the fact that it's like dave and carrie in their roles it makes me wonder within the next like say five six years you know there's potential kathleen kennedy retires i think she turns 72 this coming year like she's getting up there in age so because she turned 70 i think two years ago because we were we were doing a podcast around the time of her birthday i think she turned 70 or 71 so like you know she's getting up there in age so like and it's not even me like trying to push her out the door but a lot of people do retire when they hit like 65 70 like in mm-hmm. that range so so like maybe she put these two these carrie and dave in place 
as kind of pseudo successors to the company. Obviously, they would hire. I'm sure you know they would hire somebody as like a president, like um, in that role. But the fact that they have Carrie and Dave in this position is great because you know they're both young. Dave's only forty nine. Um, I don't know how Car- how old Carrie Beck is, so they could be in there potentially another twenty five years if they want to be. So mm. you know we so we have like a good long while with these um with these two creatives in there and it's like like you said chris this is like more of a this is a long-term play this isn't a short-term play at all this is like you know this is like a seven-year move versus a one-year move yeah i i yeah i wasn't really thinking about the whole kathleen kennedy um leaving aspect and transition period but i still like you said even if they replaced her at one point i don't care either way but yeah. I still like the idea of a triumvirate, the one guy creative, the one guy, the one person dealing with finding out who's best to tell these stories, right? Getting the writers, getting yep. the directors, getting the cinematographers, any other person at the top that's overseeing everything with budgeting, with money, with how things are marketing in general, you know, just being the figurehead. So I think that's a great plan. It's better because like you look at the what's happened in the past, right? The prequels, George Lucas. He was he was infamous for like being all the people reporting to him as yes men, right? Like all these different directors and these other people that were involved. Uh, was it Rick McCallum kind of like that person? Like he kind yeah. of was just like, okay, we'll just do whatever you say. Well, well, and the thing too back then, it's hard to like say no to like say George Lucas, obviously yeah. like at the time creating the most iconic brand in Hollywood history. So like you know there's that and on top of it you know the lucas's prequels like they were self-funded so like there wasn't disney there wasn't fox there wasn't anybody involved like like if you think about it if you look up there's a famous article i think it's from a variety or hollywood reporter back in uh 1999 um back in the early early days of the internet or it might have been from like the new york post's website but like but it's like you know the only true indie movie in history and you know george lucas self-funded phantom menace for like 120 million dollars or whatever it was yeah so like so you know like back back then obviously like how can you you know as an underling you can't say no to the dude who created it and who you know you just got to help them fulfill their vision Mm. basically so like at now with this whole thing like you said it's more of like a collaborative effort between say the three people at the top um and the thing as well when it comes to like the situation with star wars you know, obviously you have Carrie and Kathleen involved, but the thing is with Dave now, like I said earlier, they can put Dave out there like they do. You know, Marvel throws Kevin Feige out left and right to every media outlet, interviewing about upcoming projects, upcoming shows, upcoming movies, upcoming sh- um, animated projects, whatever. You know, he's at different conventions talking about, you know, these are the future plans, blah, blah, blah. Like Dave can be almost that like pseudo PR person, like maybe. You know, here's the thing for you, Chris. When you go to Celebration in a couple years, because I think you're planning on thinking of going to the Japan one, correct? Oh, yeah, I'm thinking about it, that's for sure. Okay, okay. so, like, you know, instead of... Obviously, Kathleen Kennedy would be there, but likely, maybe Dave's the one up there majority talking about the upcoming projects coming out or something instead of her, because, like, you know, he's the creative person now. Like, so, it just... It opens up a lot of really good... I think goodwill avenues for Lucasfilm, like they've been desperately needing good PR and good, like goodwill with the fans. And this is like, I mean, this is pretty much like your home run right here. This is your home run grand slam. Like they nailed it on this. Oh, hell yeah. They definitely did. Um, Yeah. I mean, I've just, I'm excited to see what the future holds now. I, I really am. This is a great, great get for Lucasfilm. And this is funny because it's like, this is a lot of what the fans have won. Uh, there's a large fan base as well that's very against this whole thing, of course. And these are the people that were happy with the Clone Wars, you know, erasing the EU. So we're going to get, you're going to get people that are thinking that Star Wars really is dead now because they're like, well, they're just going to give in to this guy's everyone. And that's not what's happening. I like how, how Dave Filoni came out and said, no, I'm not telling anybody what to do i'm here to help shepherd in new new projects we're here to guide the ship i think it only goes up from here i really do oh yeah for sure and like the good thing with dave is he he's definitely going to incorporate certain things like 
you know, we've already seen it with Thrawn. We've seen it with so many things. Like, he'll incorporate EU-related things, I'm sure. You know, like, if they go, when they go back to, like, the Old Republic era, I'm sure mm. they'll they'll incorporate certain aspects from the old EU, Old Republic as well. Like, you know, I'm sure they'll do different things like that just because he's aware of what, like, you know, people want. I mean, that's why, why do you think he had Ahsoka say, oh, there's always truth in legends? Like, <laughs> you know, so... So, like, obviously Dave's aware of those things. So, you know, you have that. And then you have, um, like, I don't I don't know. I just really think with this whole thing with Dave, it's, uh, you know, it's like, a, it's such a unique role. It's such a good, a good thing they put out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just, it, it's just a move, I think, that they can't go wrong with it. You know, like, they can't go wrong because it, it basically shuts down a lot of just the talk online um or like a lot of it's it in my opinion like in the past week since this news came out like a lot of like the star wars negative talk online ha is completely gone <laughs> like uh, because you know when you scroll through social media you're not seeing near as much negative star wars talk now because mm -hmm. people subconsciously have in the back of their heads well at least in the future, like Dave's involved with these projects. So like we know it's heading in the right direction potentially. So, mm -hmm. so, you know, you have that to think about and then, yeah, like I, I just, I just think it's a win-win situation, honestly, for, for star, for Lucasfilm, for Disney, um, for Dave, obviously I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, it wasn't leaked or anything, but I am very sure that was a really nice pay raise he made from just working on shows to basically like top three at Lucasfilm. That was probably a nice oh, pay bump for man. him personally. <laughs> um, like I, I'm sure, I'm sure he was smiling too in that interview because of that. Um, because, uh, you know, you have that and then just, it's a win-win for the fans. Like it really is like, it's just, it's just a good all around, um, vibe around Lucasfilm. And, and also, I saw as well, um, if you hadn't caught it, I don't remember if it was in this interview or might have been in another interview he did this week. But Dave also, um, if you hadn't caught on, he spoke real interestingly. Um, it might have been later in this article, but um, he mentioned the Ray Stevenson thing, if you hadn't caught that. He said it, mm. he talked about it in such a nice way where, like, he. Like, they asked him about the potential of, like, you know, recasting and stuff. And, like, oh. Dave danced or, yeah, Dave danced around it in a really nice way. I think it was later in this article, or it might have been, like, he got interviewed a couple times this week. But um, he talked about the Ray Stevenson thing. And he pretty much just, like, said, like, he didn't give a no to recasting. Like, that's, that's pretty much what came out of it. Like, he pretty much said, we'll see. Like, we'll see what the story brings, mm. blah, blah, blah. And, and he said, um... Oh, because that was when he was talking about the the potential of the second season of Ahsoka. Because Dave, oh. like like they asked him, and he he said, well, um, he flat out said, well, at least I have Ezra back and everything. And you know, he pre he pretty much said, like, you know, we'll see about Ahsoka season two. Like, you know, he obviously gave the real politically correct mm -hmm. answer, like of not of not answering. But then they went on to like you know talk about the Ray Stevenson subject, and that's where he pretty much, like I said, he danced around it and didn't shut the door on the recasting thing so like it makes me wonder like we might actually end up getting a recast on that character which like the good thing about that for anybody like concerned about it like having dave involved dave like steering it like even just the way he answered the questions like that like right there like you know it's an example of, like hey like he knows how to talk to the yep. media he's not out here he's not out here <laughs> fumbling words around going oh no we'll never recast her oh no we're not going to recast someone because they don't look like the actor, you know, like he's not fumbling his words around. Like he, he danced around it real politically correct and like kept it moving. And it's like, it's so nice and refreshing that, you know, we get someone like that being involved in the leadership of star Wars now. Oh yeah. Well, we're very much looking forward to see how things shake out, but I think it is time to leave it there. So there you go. We will be back next Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see if any Earth galaxy shattering news happens between now and then. Uh, you can always follow the channel, youtube.com slash StarRaptor, where you'll see me talking about comics. I have my review for Star Wars, The High Republic Phase 3 Trials of 
the Jedi, the latest book that is out for that. I have a review for that on the channel right now. Um, and it's called The Eye of Darkness. A very, very good Star Wars book. So check out my review for that there. For what's more coming down the pipe, please subscribe to the channel and do hit that bell icon so you'll be notified when we go live and whenever new videos are uploaded. Ben, where can the people find you? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter talking X. about Star Wars or X. Yeah, I guess it's called X now. <laughs> um, the platform formerly known as Twitter. Um, we can, you can find me on there talking about Star Wars or sports or me getting back on the grind of this fitness journey and losing weight and stuff um, at Real Ben Maynard. And you can find me on Instagram as well, um, you know, talking fitness stuff at Real Ben Maynard. And also you can find Milton on Instagram because he likes to post his workouts and then he'll post like um, on his stories, he'll post like his recipes or some, you know, stuff from his healthy eating as well at Milton 7 Weber. There you go. So for Milton, who couldn't be here, for Ben, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor, that's going to do it. That was episode 130 of Outer Rim Transmission. Thank you for watching. May the Force be with you and transmission.